and welcome to the Happy Baby Podcast. This episode is a little special. Many of you will know about the Adam's Cloud series of books. In this episode, Frank talks to Benji Bennett, author of the award-winning Adam's Cloud books and dad to Adam, who died suddenly and without warning from an undiagnosed brain tumour in 2007. Benji wrote his first book, Before You Sleep, as a way to celebrate and remember Adam and to pass on a wonderful message. Adam's message simply encourages parents to spend 10 minutes reading with their children and telling them they love them each night before they go to sleep. In this episode, Benji tells us about his son Adam and how writing these books has helped his whole family. He explains the powerful emotional connection made through reading, combined with the positive bonding benefits for all children. He has dedicated his life to spreading Adam's message, and we were hugely impressed with his enthusiasm for joy and love in all families. If you would like more information about the work Benji does, or if you'd like to buy some of his amazing books, his website is www.adamscloud.com. You can also follow Adam's Cloud on Facebook and Instagram. I'm delighted to welcome Benji Bennett today for our podcast. And Benji is going to tell us all about um, the wonderful books on Adam's Cloud and what Benji's been doing for a good number of years in terms of celebrating Adam's life and producing these wonderful books for children and the message behind them. So we're delighted to have you here with us today, Benji. Thank you very much, Frank. I'm delighted to uh, join you and all your listeners as well and have the opportunity to talk about Adam and his message and all sorts of lovely, lovely things today. Just to kick off, these are really beautiful books. I've We have a couple of them in our clinic on our bookshelf and we've had them quite a while and they're very often picked up by the kids who come in yeah. and read. But there's a very important message behind the books. Please tell us about the history behind it and how the books came into being, really. Yeah. So in in 2007, I was working like everybody else, trying to, you know, pay the mortgage, do everything. And we had three children, Harry, uh, six and a half, uh, Adam, four and uh, Robbie, just one. And we were just enjoying uh, our summer holidays in British Bay, Adam came in with a headache one day and um, on a Friday, he kept on not feeling great over the weekend and we brought him to the hospital on Monday and he he just had a seizure in the hospital and later on a scan revealed it was an undiagnosed brain tumour that had started bleeding and was probably bleeding for a number of weeks quite slowly, but then it got to a stage that the bleed caused the headaches and some vomiting as well. When he had the, the seizure, it had just, as it's been explained to me, it, it literally just kind of burst and he had a, a hemorrhage and, 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 he, and he was gone. He was gone. So from from running around, you know, the beach and the sand in his feet and um, the sun on his face to being gone within 24 hours. So it was a shock. Of course. And a, a blessing in the sense that, we 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 were spared a lot of <clears throat> a lot of pain, but yes. it happened so quickly. You know, having an opportunity to prepare for that and to say our goodbyes uh, to him, you know, there wasn't that 
chance to say goodbye to him. And that's really where before there was any books whatsoever. Yes. That's where the message came. It's like we just have, have to remind parents of the importance every day. Just tell the kids you love them, have fun with them. You know, you, you use every moment that you can um, within reason. Everybody's busy. So this isn't, you know, give up your whole life. But it's it's just take those moments and, and, and take those opportunities and create those beautiful memories. Because, you know, for me, when I was doing all of those lovely things with Adam, it was like, oh, he's going to remember all these. He's going to remember the fun times with dad and the beach or whatever it was. And and every time I did nice things with them, I said, that's going to really make him happy. That's his resilience. See, all of all of those lovely things that he've, he's done, all he will remember is, is having this wonderful, happy childhood. Um, but little did I realize that they would actually become my memories of him. So it's totally the wrong way around. But but that's life. Thing, things happen. <clears throat> Everybody gets hit with something. That's another thing that I've learned. Nobody escape something, whether it's a, a son or a daughter, or a mother, father, brother, sister, an illness, whatever it is. Everybody has something that kind of changes them and makes them reassess things, you know. And the concept then of the books based on obviously what happened, when did you first come to think about <clears throat> the process? Well, I suppose the the overall message happened straight away. I mean, we were in the in the hospital and you know, the Adam, we were just told, you know, he's gone. I mean, we were with him and it was quite, in the end, a slow, very peaceful, quite in a strange way, a beautiful process because it was just, you know, myself, my wife, Jackie uh, and Adam. And we were we were basically waiting or being told that his heart is going to stop soon. So we just had this very quiet time with him. And as soon as the nurse said, you know, that's it, he's he's gone. It wasn't, you know, that he had this final gasp of breath. He just, he, he just, he was asleep. And, and, and then we were told his, his heart to stop beating and that was it. And, and that was, you know, in a strange way, we were almost prepared for it because of all of what we had gone through and all the craziness and the, the, the madness of the, the previous 24 hours um, from when he went into the hospital to everything happening. So I turned to Jack and I said, at that moment, we need just to remind people. So, the, you know, the idea of of wanting to create special moments for families to share with their children and to remind parents to create happiness right from birth, that, that happened immediately. That was one of those inspired moments in a person's life where, you know, I am now that's that's what I have to do that's my yeah. that's my calling that's my mission yeah. in life and and at that stage there was no concept of books or Adam's adventures or any of that it was just you know how, that's what I needed to do and within the next kind of four weeks I just started writing about Adam more to remember him yeah. uh, and what we did as, a, as opposed to the message so when I started writing, I just wrote three words down, which was I love you much more. Well, that's five words, but I love you much more. And and then I said, then the big sandy beach we spent our summers down in British Bay on. So that first sentence was, you know, I, I loved Adam more than that. And I that then converted into, well, God, I mean, if, if I was able to say to Adam, I loved him much more than the beach and he would have related to that. 
because he loved it so much that then carried on to I love you much more than the sun, moon and stars. And I love you much more than Halloween and Christmas and diggers and dinosaurs and all these things that kids relate to. And that's that's really how it happened. So we had this message of wanting to create a moment of bonding and love and happiness. And I yeah. wanted to be able to for I wanted parents to be able to in a really simple way you know, almost trick some of them who would find it a little bit more difficult to say the words directly to their children. And I went, bingo, this is this is it. This is this is what I got to do. Develop that book more, um, develop the idea on the illustrations. And and then on Adam's first anniversary, um, the book was literally arrived straight out of the printers and, and was published. That's that's the process um, and the short version. I can give you the long version, but we, 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 <laughs> yeah. we need a lot of podcasts for that one. Uh, while that was happening, Jackie, while I was writing the book, Jackie was making a new baby. So so okay. on that first anniversary, uh, Molly uh, had arrived wow. and, and the book was published. And we kind of looked at ourselves and went, wow, how did we arrive here? We're... we're we're in this whole new, wonderful new uh, place, still heavily grieving with with okay. a lot of pain and life is still diff- very, very difficult. But yeah, so that's that's how we got to that point. You've written loads of these books. So how many have you written at this stage, Benji? <laughs> yeah, so there's nine altogether. And right. I mean, the first one was such a success and it was yeah. such, it, it does create an emotional reaction for people. So... When I had written that book, that was for a parent directly to tell a child, their own children, how much they love them. And they're both representing the illustrations. And then I went, right, well, you know, why don't we go off and and, uh, write these books about Adam going off and these adventures where he just spreads love and happiness and helps helps solve problems or helps people, you know, other little characters with some of their their confidence issues or, you know, if, if they're not feeling loved, Adam will will make them see how they're loved. So so that was an, another part of, of of what I wanted to do was to have a character then that could engage with both the parent and the child to start bringing up some of, of those kind of uh, issues that I suppose I would have seen through my own children. Sometimes they're 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 not happy, or you know, yeah. sometimes they might be a bit fed up, or somebody in school did something, you know. Yeah. And in their world, in our world, it's nothing, you know. Somebody grabbed your apple and took a bite, but in their world, it's you know, when they when they're when they're three or four or whatever, it's a huge big thing and big it's a thing. trauma. And so to try and kind of help with with some of those things that that kids would have to in you know encounter and also an educational element you know so they would they would be amazed with some of the wonderful places where adam would go and they would learn about history and space and and so on so yeah it's a broad range of of areas that i i touch on and so it's really evolved as time has gone on hasn't it in terms of the adventures that he goes on and as you said the different yeah he goes to and and obviously the message in each of the stories which, if you like, reassures kids and, as you said, tells them that they're very much loved. And so it has really evolved, hasn't it, since you started writing them? 
Yeah, and, and funnily enough, so my first book was Before You Sleep. It's obviously it's it's a parent and child. Then the second was Adam and and Harry go on a space rocket, and then the third one then it's Harry, Molly, and Robbie and Adam go, and then I bring Fluff the Magic Cloud into it. So it does evolve, and now it's it's all of my children. So it's Harry, Adam, Molly, Robbie. Uh, fluff the cloud and Bailey now the dog was thrown into the last Brilliant. one uh, yeah. so so I've had great fun so they have evolved as my children have evolved and I've you know lived through their childhood and magic and wonder and that's inspired me as I've as I've gone on and yeah I I I really been blessed to have a wonderful life with my my kids that has inspired some of these ideas. And um, and at the end of every single book, no matter which what book you're reading, when you go on an, any of the Adam adventure books, the last page is Adam is asleep and the last words that a child hear is that they are loved. So if you read the rainbow book, you know, I love you much more than, you know, the fairies and beautiful rainbows and so on. The last thing they hear before they go asleep into hopefully a, a happy dream is yes. that they are loved and they are told that direct it's not an indirect expression of love it's it's that direct expression and that's always what i'm after to uh, let them go sleep with confidence and resilience you know you mentioned about using mm. the as a bedtime story and, yeah. and the significance of that really parents who have busy lives when they come home yeah they can spend time with their kids don't then taking their kids up to bed and read the stories um yeah We've all done that, like, but it's a lovely personal time with them, isn't it? it for, for me, it's, it's I, you know, I can never underestimate certainly how I feel how important it is. And all, you know, all the research and all the, you know, psychologist research over the years, which there is more of every day. And yeah. we're, we're, we're getting a better idea. But I like to use analogies and, and put things into a kind of a practical sphere for for people. So everybody is busy and kids are busy during the day. So this isn't about spending every single waking moment with them. But for me, that that 10 minutes of bedtime is it's the quiet time. Now, you know, like most of the people listening, if they're anyway like me, yes, I've shouted at the kids. Yes, I've been in a bad mood with them. Yes, I have been grumpy as well as all the happy times as well. But you're always going to have your ups yeah. and downs. Or yes, you're going to be late or coming in hassled or whatever and trying to rush your story and so on. So I've always kind of had this, um, uh, you know, feeling or philosophy that that 10 minutes is like, you know, when there's a lot of stress on certain days, it's like a big uh, eraser, you know, where you can just rub out it all. You can sit down, read a book in a calm way, tell the children how much you love them. And they've forgotten, you know, the stuff that you're when you're hassled and you're shouting at them. And half the time you're shouting at them for nothing because, you know, you know, the, the parents are I'm the one who's tired or, or, or grumpy and they're not doing anything. So and that's why I think that bedtime really is because um, they it is that quiet time. They can be told that they that they are loved and they can go asleep, you know, without the anxiety, worrying about the day or being upset. And that's the magic. That's the magic 10 minutes. And that's the magic of bedtime. And when I'm in the schools, I always say to the kids, you know, if you go asleep happy, you can have happy dreams. You can wake up happy and you can live happy every day. And that's that's my philosophy. And that's kind of 
how that philosophy mixes in with the message and and then the content of the books. So it's yeah. trying to create that overall feeling of of contentment and just happiness. And when I, when I say happiness, it's you're not you know worrying about stuff. You're not anxious yes. about stuff. So happy isn't just oh I'm happy today. It's just you're content and your karma is all in check and you're just. Mm, not nice and you know yeah. and that that's what i i hope to create and that's in my mind every time i'm writing you know yes and the you talk about you've a couple of terms tell me a little bit about the happy snappies <laughs> yes the behind that and reading to your kids tell me a little bit about that yeah so um the that's first thing you need to know is that happy snappies rhymes with nappies so yeah. So it's all about when the children are are from zero to five. Um, I didn't know about this uh, psychology and this proven psychology when I was reading to my own kids when they were younger, when they were younger and when I started writing. But zero to five is when all the connections are made in the brain. And, and that's kind of when, you know, you know the, the brain is developed and becomes 90 percent developed. So I was writing this thing about, you know, why should you read? And when I, when I looked up this online, it's you get the usual Google list. And I wanted to kind of you know, give more of, of, of an analogy to it. So you have synaptic nerves and you have neurons and you have all this wonderful stuff going on in the brain the moment a baby is born. And they're all making their connections. So I've I've called it every time a connection is made, it's the happy snappy. So I've personalized them into fairy type characters who 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 are inside your brain. And what they do, if you can imagine a fairy with a clipboard and, you know, another fairy with a screwdriver and another fairy with a stapler or whatever it is. All of these happy snappies in a child's brain, they are sucking in the raw materials of memories and those raw materials are what comes in from the senses. So what you see, what you hear, what you feel, what you smell, what you touch and 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 what you experience. For me, experience is, is, is probably one of the strongest senses, although it's not an official one. So when you read from birth, I always associate a lovely warm feeling of a child is hearing, you know, a voice. They're hearing that they are loved, they're smelling a mother's skin, they're feeling the warmth of an embrace. All of these things are happening. And the and then the experience and that other sixth sense, that kind of emotional connection and bond that yeah. you can't measure, all of that has been sucked in. And those happy snappies are actually filing everything they're, you know, creating the paths within the brain, like the super highway to file every single event as a memory. They're, they're the memories and the connections that are made that help you, um, you know, when you're older, you remember I was, you know, that's when I was happy. Or when I smiled, I got a tickle. So I'm going to smile again. You know, and if I smile again, I get another tickle. And then if if I make a noise, I get a reaction back. So I make that noise again. And the snappies keep saying, right, they're remembering every single thing that you do. Your all the cognitive skills, what your muscles did, how you felt, what you saw, what you see. Everything is connected up as a memory. And by the time you get to five years of age, most of those connections are made. If you can have a happy, smiley moment 
during as many of those connections as possible. That's my philosophy of how you create an extremely happy, bubbly person. Excellent. So, yeah. So that's the that's the, uh, the the philosophy behind it. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. And you mentioned you go into schools. Is that something that you 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 do more of nowadays and talk about? Yeah. So it's a bit of everything. You know, I we usually get a phone call from a teacher who who loves the books, and you know, will you come in? And we go, yeah, yeah. In we go. And I've done a couple in the last few weeks. And it's it's I just love talking about Adam and his message and about being friends uh, with people in their class. I all I always talk about, you know, the way you can go in, you can say, look, you can be whatever you want to be. Sometimes that's not necessarily true, because sometimes you can't be exactly what you want to be because you may not have the exact skills required. So I I tell people that, look. Some people, you know, are looking at things that they're not good at. What you have to do is look at what you are good at. Look at your strengths and and focus on those. And these are some of the messages in the books. Focus on your strengths. Focus on the things you're good at. And I'd always say, I can't spell. I'm really bad at spelling, but I can write books. You know, you'd think you'd have to be a really good speller to write books. But, there's, you know, you can find ways around it using some of your other strengths. Yeah. And these are the kind of message that I'm privileged to be able to, to give kids and uh, tell them that, you know, love and happiness um, in families is, is is really important and to help in the house and, you know, to have fun going out on walks. I'm always delighted to be able to tell children about the importance of, of, of family and looking at their strengths. And uh, it's, a, it's a privilege. And then, of course, I make a show out of myself. I I read all the, the books and yeah. uh, I, I, I get my guitar out and I can't sing and I tell jokes and we have great fun. So it's a wonderful experience, I have to say. Yeah, it's great when you're in when you're immersed in that world with with kids. Yeah. It's a- place to be isn't it yeah i mean the energy it's the energy that comes back at you because you know i always say look get them all in so last week there must have been uh, two or three hundred kids in 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 the room and uh i get them laughing and i I get them noisy and uh and it's great fun it's great fun i'm always exhausted after but uh, (laughs) i I always say to the teachers fair play to you i don't know how you do it day in and day out but uh Yeah. yeah, a lot of energy uh, goes into it, but I get it all back from the kids. It's brilliant. Tell me a little bit about the charities that you support as well, because I was looking at them. There are some excellent charities that you support. Yeah. So when I wrote the first book, the Before You Sleep one, um, we I, I, at that time, that first year when when I was getting everything um, going with the book, with the first book, we went down on a bereavement camp with Bardstown. And they were really helpful on helping you uh, celebrate Adam. Um, And, and, you know, grieving, they say, is a very personal, you know, people have a personal way of doing it. Um, For me, there's only one way is to celebrate, talk about and and, and smile about um, a child that's gone. that's, That's my way and that's how I've done it. When, you know, I was starting out, I was working with Vodafone. I said, I'd like to give a little bit, you know, this isn't an, an aid of it. I support the charities. I said, we'll, we'll give a percentage of, of, of the business to, you know, of or, you know, the sales of this book to uh, Bardstown. And, um, and they do incredible work of basically rehabilitating children after they've 
been in hospital with serious illness. It's usually cancer related, but there's other illnesses that they that they'll obviously um, uh, help children with. So it's they they repair the the kind of mental scarring from children, because when you're in hospital, it's a physical thing. Yes. And Bardstown bring uh, the children down to the camps and they get them laughing again. They get them interacting again. They break down all of those barriers that they've put up around them to protect themselves and and their confidence would be would be rock bottom. So they put up these kind of barriers to protect themselves. So the barriers are broken down and the children then come back out of that kind of protective mode. And it's amazing what they do and, and, and some of the activities that they have. Yes. And then and then it was, you know, Make a Wish got in touch. They said, look, we saw what you did. We, I just won the Irish Book Award. If you're doing any more books, um, you know, we'd love to be involved. And I said, well, Adam granting wishes. Happy days. You know, uh, that, that, yeah. that's incredible. And then Laura Lynn, I came across them and I met Jane and she's in, she's incredible. So they give respite care to families who, who have, you know, you know, severely ill and sick children. Yeah. And I remember, you know, begging for, you know, somebody to come in and just make me a cup of tea because when you're grieving and you've got two young kids, you're, you, you can hardly, you know, get up in the morning, let alone function. So help yeah. is, is huge. And then obviously Barrettstown uh, and Annam Cara are a bereavement support group for parents. So, to be involved in that is another privilege as well. And this is all because of Adam. This is Adam's legacy. It's, yeah. it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. No, that is amazing that the legacy continues <laughs> and that you're able to support those those fantastic charities that provide mm. wonderful care for people who are going through these things. And, you know, the way you spoke about the, the whole family, really, and I remember, you know, the simple things, you know, when we sit around the table because our kids are growing up now, they remember those days in the mobile home. Oh, yeah. You know, where, you know, you might have a rainy day and, you know, you learn to play cards in the mobile home or <laughs> going down with your little piece of string and a hook and a bit of sausage and you're catching crabs in the rock pools, all oh, those wonderful things. Yeah. And now, you know, my youngest is 20. And even now when we sit around, we talk about things like that and they remember those moments, don't they? Yeah. It's, again, it's, it's that kind of philosophy because, you know, if you ask anybody, you know, what are your, are your memories of, of when you were young of the weather? <laughs> Most people will, you, you know, there's the odd one of when it was lashing rain, but that's to say when you're in the caravan, the wind yeah. is you up and you're having fun. But most yeah. of the time it's sunny. So I, again, have this kind of uh, philosophy that for me, early, happy early childhood experiences, that's that's always what everything is built on. And a happy childhood experience will always trump, you know, an unhappy one or a bad one. They were they, they're the ones you kind of. I think the happy snappies prefer those, and they store yeah. them much better. Whereas the unhappy ones are, I don't know, they're they're given to the trainee happy snappies, and they sometimes can lose them or whatever it is because. Yeah. And, and of course, sometimes you know th- those memories are important because that's what gives you your, res- your resilience and and uh, your ability to deal with with what life throws at you. That for me is the essence of everything. And even five minutes, you know, I always have this thing that, you know, five minutes with mum or dad is an eternity in their age. I mean, it's five minutes for us. 
But if they have that, and if you ever notice kids, they they go away and they, you know, they run back and, you know, look what I found. And yeah, yeah, you're sitting there and you go, yeah, that's really lovely. But they're delighted that they've just shown you what they've done. And then off they go and they find another crab or another shell or look at the fish and they run back again. And you go, that's amazing. And then obviously there's the times where you're grabbed by the hand and up the sand dunes and you've got to follow them around. (laughs) And that's part of it. But those those moments... Not only do they, are they remembered for an eternity, but the time that's there just seems like forever. For um, yeah. and that's again my my feelings and my philosophies about life because I kind of remember them myself as a kid. Yeah, I do also. Yeah, yeah, and that that's that that's the magic. That's you know what I say to everybody. I was at the pregnancy and baby fair in the RDS over the weekend. And I and I loved kind of meeting all of these new mums and dads and bumps and uh, or maybe brand new babies. I one of the th- of the many conversations that I've had, a lot of it came back to there's so much things for parents um, that's out there that they be told they need to worry about, and and rightly so most of the time because there is a a lot. But I said, you know, if you just spend your time getting to know your baby, read to them at night time because. As you start reading to them, then there's a little chat afterwards. And that's when you find out what's bothering them or you might notice that, you know, how their development is going. And if you spend, you know, weekends as a family creating those magical moments, I say, if you just if, if you stick to that as your 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 baseline, spend time with them, talk to them, read them a story, tell them they're loved and, and try and create magical family days out in, in out in nature. I said, you're doing really what you most of what you need to be doing you're doing great you're you're doing great and sometimes it's not easy and you're tired once you when you're doing that then i kind of say to them well look you've you've done all this now you're getting to know your baby so we're kind of three or four or five then you start knowing of all of the other information that's been thrown at you you now know that you need to focus on you know I don't know whether it's, you know, he, he's not as confident as I thought. So I'm going to focus in on that or he's got a lot of anxiety or he's totally fine or, you know, just something doesn't seem to be quite right. You'll understand them and then you will know what the best areas of, of help or support or information you need to help with any potential developmental hurdles. Because everything is a hurdle, but you can always get over a hurdle. And if you know where the hurdle is and how high it is, you can get over it much easier. And and that's that's what I I think parenting fundamentally is. It's getting to know the kids and trying to address their specific needs because uh, every every kid is different, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What sort of is your final message, really, from 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 your point of view, and obviously with with adam's legacy because it's tremendous what you've done by the way yeah, yeah i suppose um you know the message to every parent is you know just they they all the kids will find their own way once you build the foundations of happiness and i'm it, it's from kind of zero to five is where i believe that most of the work is done and it's based on that research that 90 percent of the brain develops and I have a, a nice little analogy that uh, it's a bit, it's a kind of bit far out there, but parenting is is kind of potentially like uh, making a sandwich. Okay. You've got two elements: you've got the bread, and then you've got the filling. 
Now, the bread, I always say, if you spend the first five years really, you know, making the best loaf of bread you can, if you have a good slice of bread, you'll always have a good sandwich. It doesn't really matter what you put on it because the bread's <laughs> always delicious. Yeah. And then, you know, the stuffing is easier. Um, and, the key, you know, you know, your sandwich is always going to be, everyone's going to love your sandwich. But if the sandwich, if the bread, and it, this is only an analogy, you know, because, again, all kids are different and develop at different stages. But, you know, if if the bread isn't as good, then you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to get the best filling to do it. So the filling is from five to 50 years of age because they're always yes. your kids. And the bread bit is zero to five. And uh, you always, as a good parent, You'll always make a good sandwich. I always think it's easier to make a good sandwich if uh, if you put most of your energy into baking the nice loaf of bread between zero and five. So I know it's a bit of a wacky analogy, but um, it's a good message. Though. It's a fun way of putting it in there. So to everybody out there, the message is bake yourself a really beautiful loaf of bread and enjoy the sandwiches for the rest of your life. And don't be worrying about the filling because <laughs> it doesn't really matter after that, you know. So, uh, very, very good. Very yeah. good. So, um, Benji, thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy day to talk to us about what you've done in the last number of years. It's a testament to, you know, your strength and the family strength. And in Adam's memory, what a legacy. I, You know, I've looked at the books. The animations, by the way, are superb. You, have you somebody who does the animations? Yeah. So yeah. When, when I started off, I went down to the Cartoon Saloon. They're down there in Kilkenny. Now, they're, yeah. they've since become an Oscar-nominated animation studio. And uh, they put Roxanne Burchartz as the illustrator on that. And uh, so I gave her a... A big long brief and she took that and uh, she did an amazing job and she's lecturing and down in uh, Carlo Kilkenny now but um yeah and actually funny enough as as the first book was being being written every single time I would get the black and white sketches in first and oh my god that whole process of seeing Adam coming to life and doing things was hugely helpful and, and cathartic um, to our whole family. Uh, we just couldn't. We just couldn't get enough of of, of that process. Yeah. And um, so it was amazing. And I all I always like to say to anybody you know who's going through a difficult time and a loss is that you know there 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 is always light. There is a beautiful, wonderful life of celebration and. You know, if you allow yourself to love and to be happy and to celebrate, there, there is there is a beautiful, spiritual, wonderful existence, you know, after you have gone through, you know, the grieving process. And there is, a, I don't think there's a way to avoid it. You can't go around it. You can't go under it. You've got to always go through uh, grief. So anybody out there, my message to them is... Um, just keep putting one foot in front of the other, move forward and open your heart to nature and um, never be afraid to smile or be happy because I think that's the, the, the secret ingredient of, of getting through it is to allow yourself to be happy and to remember them. And that's that's a great message. That's a great message indeed. Benji, thank you so much for your time. Not um, at all. It's been it's been a great great conversation, and um, I wish you so much of uh, the best of everything in the future. 
You're very good. You're very good. And uh, and that goes to you guys as well and all your listeners. And, and thank you so much for allowing me to speak and share my, my thoughts on Adam's message. Thanks so much to Benji for joining us today. It's impossible not to get caught up in his enthusiasm for life and love, isn't it? If you don't have some of Benji's books yet, we really recommend that you get at least one. And remember, it's never too early to start reading to your child. If you would like more information on the work Benji does, or if you would like to buy some of his amazing books, his website is www.adamsloud.com. You can also follow Adam Sloud on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening to the Happy Baby Podcast.